Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Scott McPherson of the Sports Journal Line. And yesterday, the Revs had a away against the Metro Stars in which Twelman scored both of the Revs' goals leading them to the 2-2 tie. Twelman now has jumped over his teammate Clint Dempsey into the league lead in scores with Dempsey close behind with five goals and four assists and Twelman with the, five, with the six goals and four assists. And really this, this team has been has dominated the first few games of the season and th- this game wasn't as much of a dominating performance. However, the Metro Stars have been a hot team lately as well and it, w- it was good to come out of the away game with a tie against a team like the Metro Stars, who just come off a 3 nothing win over Chicago. So both teams are on a high note. And the Revs are in first place right now with 20 points. And the second-place team, Chicago, has played one more game than him at 13 points. Overall in the league standings, the Revs are also in first with 20 points, with the second-place team being Los Angeles with 15 points. And being undefeated eight games into the season for the Revs is an unheard of thing. The Revs have never been undefeated two games into the season. And, and this is a team that's off to its fastest start ever. And uh, the way they're playing, I would think a lot of more fans would be jumping on the bandwagon. Well, you know what, Sean? I'm not going to be able to see a damn thing you're saying to me if you don't sit in the taller chair. So why don't we do this? Let's put you over in the, in the higher chair here. So then at least I can make some eye contact. Oh, there you are. Wow, hey, when did you get here, kid? <laughs> So, and uh, you got the mic over there with you now, too? Yep. All right. So I'll be able to uh, at least be able to see the, the top of your head as you talk and, and get going. Now, we talked a little bit before uh, the, the start of the show, Sean, that, uh, that the New England Revs are the number 20 team in the world right now by, oh. uh, by ratings. Now, who's doing the ratings and who's giving us these, this type of ratings? According to Fox, the, the just released the... Uh, release, uh, top 25 teams in the world right now as of May 19th, and the top team was Chelsea, which is no surprise there, the, the leading team in the English Premier League, who the richest team in the world have, have about a $200 million a year salary for every player on their team, and then you look down the list, and the Revs are number 20 with about a $2 million salary for everyone on their team, and you, you look at it and you say, well, this list can't be right. And you see, it's, you see it's voted on by people from U.S., Canada, Mexico, Chile, and Argentina, and not people from, from Europe. But looking further at it, you see teams like Sporting Lisbon at number 15, who the Revs have actually beaten. And uh, you, you look down who's below the Revs, and a lot of those teams I see, I think the Revs could beat. Maybe a team like Everton and AS Monaco would be better than the Revs. But looking at some of the other teams, I, I do think the Revs would be able to beat them. Well, I, I think that... Uh yeah, the one thing I guess is really important to this team that they stay together. That hopefully they don't end up uh, getting the opportunity some of these guys to play overseas, uh, because that usually means the demise of a of a good team in North America. You know, with that, uh, also too, we want to remind people that, uh, and you told me this just before we got on the air, we got Pat Noonan coming on tonight with us. Yeah, Pat Noonan, who's uh, just behind well, Twelman and Dempsey with four goals in the for the uh, for the league leading scoring. The, the Revs are really dominating the charts right now in that category. And uh, he'll be joining us in the next segment. So, and uh, I mean, Steve Nichols really put together a good team here. I mean, is it just Nichols that's uh, kind of pulling the strings here, or is it also the Tornberg, who's the general manager? I mean, what do, what do we have to credit uh, for this team's success uh, early this season? Well, to, to be honest, I think it's kind of unclear who's really running the whole thing. Obviously, Steve Nichols has proven to be a good coach, but then you got Craig Tornberg as his general manager. I think he's more in charge of more fan and ticket relationships, and then you have. Uh, Mike Burns is the director of soccer. You don't know exactly what his involvement is as far as player transactions and stuff like that. And then you have Sonal Galati, director of craft soccer. And uh, it really can get confusing as to who's in charge of what within the organization. Well, it's a lot. it seems as if it's a lot like the other team that the Crafts own, uh, the New England Patriots, as to the fact that they let their coach go out and uh, you know, buy the groceries, as they say. 
for the team that they're putting on the field. And, you know, they they don't have a general manager with the New England Patriots. What they have is, you know, Scott Pioli, who's the you know, director of player personnel. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, Tornberg takes uh, some type of shaping around there because he's the eyes and ears of, uh, of the playing staff, of the actual game operation staff. And then also, too, uh, one of the things uh, on anyrevs.com, you guys' website, uh, Renta Copper Cabiano. I, I don't even know if I can pronounce that name correctly. So uh, who's the director of soccer actually listed in the... Uh, oh, but you know what? I'm looking on 204 team roster. I, I'm looking on your website here. You got the 204 roster, dude. Yes, I, I need to update oh, that. Oh, my God, Sean. How can you how can you do this to your fans that, uh, that know you're the most updated resource for the New England Revolution. I'm, I'm a little behind on that one. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I look here, and I can hear silence on the other side of the uh, of the station or the studio when I mention that. So I, I, I am looking at the website. Your website, by the way, is the nicest website that has anything to do uh, with the Revolution and the soccer team. That uh, yeah, I mean, it's terrific how you've been able to you know inform the people uh, that are the real true fans of the New England Revs. And, and even uh, I see you got the, the pimp note here that. Uh, that you're on every uh, Sunday from 7 to 8, WARL The Drive, uh, yep. hosted by Sean Donahue. The, the, I believe now the youngest uh, broadcaster in uh, New England. And uh, while well, you're talking about good websites, i got to mention uh, RevsNet, which I've had on Tony Vizcaya twice from RevsNet, and I'm gonna have, next week I'm going to have on Jim Dow from RevsNet. And uh, they, they really have the, a, a great source of... Uh, unofficial information with rumors and stuff that you really won't see in the everyday papers, and that's that's really a great source for the for the true Revs fans. So, and uh, give us a little bit of the recap of this past week. Uh, you probably were saying as I was uh, as I was actually helping put a door on the uh, studio here. Uh, we had to break into our own place to get uh, up and running yesterday, so the uh, we were actually doing a little bit of uh, door replacement. Uh, how did the last week go? What was it? What was in the rearview mirror for us this past week? Well, the the Revs last night, Twelman started off the scoring in the sixth minute with a with a great assist from Pat Noonan, who's really been hooking up well with Twelman. It was Twelman's fifth goal, and it was Pat Noonan's first assist of the season, actually. And and Noonan and Twelman in past years they haven't really complemented each other as well, but this year they've really gotten together. They they grew up together as kids. They've been playing together for a long time, and and this year they're really hooking up as the two best forwards in in the league compared together. And then Eddie Gavin, 10 minutes later, tied up the score at one with his third goal of the season with an assist to Tim Ward and Amato Guevara. And, and uh, the, the Metro Stars sort of had more of the chances after that point. And then at halftime, it seemed to pretty, pretty much even out. And then at the 66th minute, A.B. Ibrahim, an 18-year-old who was making his first start for the Metro Stars, had a, a, a questionable red card that left the Metro Stars down a man due to it. Uh, I, I believe it was on Jay Heath's the foul. It seemed more that Jay Heath fell down awkwardly than it really was harm intended by Ibrahim, uh, and I'm not—I I really don't think that should have been a red card, but it worked out to the Revs' advantage. Well, at least it should have worked to the Revs' advantage, and then because uh, 80 in the 83rd minute, while the Metro Stars were down a man, they actually tied, actually took the lead when John Wolniak scored kind of an awkward goal. Uh, Mike McGee sent in a nice cross, but Wolniak was running onto it, and he actually ended up sliding on and scoring it on his knee. And uh, that was, but uh, that that gave the Metro Stars the lead. But then in the 89th minute, uh, one minute before regulation was over, Kano Smith, who's the Bermudian who the Revs recently signed, making just his second appearance as a sub, came in and was he was dangerous the whole night, providing crosses with his left foot. And then he sent in a great left foot across to Twelman. That Twelman headed in off the post and in, just like his earlier goal. Though his earlier goal he kicked in, but that was off the post as well. So Twelman had a little bit of luck as far as that went, but. It was a great goal for him to score, and that was the sixth goal leading the league now, and Smith's first assist and first point as a member of the Revolution. So overall, it could have been worse, but they also had chances to win it. Like Dempsey had a great chance. He ran all the way from midfield to get on the end of a Steve Ralston cross and headed it just over. And then as a, just before the last whistle, Pat Noonan had a chance where he turned, but his shot went just wide of the net. Well, the, uh, sounds like it was a busy week and a busy game last night. Hey, a uh, couple of major stories going on in, in uh, soccer, I guess world soccer, but also uh, in Major League Soccer out here also. Uh, Freddie Adu to play for the under-20 team. Do you think that's a good or a bad thing, that he's going to be playing with the amateurs in an under-20 event? Well, he's not the only player from MLS. There are several players doing that as well, such as Eddie Gavin of the Metro Stars, who's 
actually proven to be a great player, and I, I think that's a good experience for them. And you know, even even if maybe maybe you say it's better to be playing with MLS, but I, playing on the world stage and and playing against teams like Argentina and Brazil, and the, the U.S. has gotten into, into a tough group for the World uh, Championships, the U.S. youth team, and I, I think it would be a good experience for him, even if the level of play isn't up to the play of MLS for him and, and the rest of the MLS players going to that. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess it's a question of uh, the league markets itself on the future and, and guys like that. Obviously, he's making a half a million dollar a year salary and is the highest paid guy in the league. What Actually, if he, Landon Donovan's the highest paid player. Oh, now. is he now? Yep. He so makes, Donovan jumped back he, over. He makes about a million a year now, well over the, the salary caps. Um, I mean, not how, does that, how does that work? Well over league maximum. That, that's a good question. Uh, Sports Illustrated uh, was showing some of the exceptions, such as the do and Donovan, who make well over the league maximum, which is something around 300000 or something like that. And, and uh, it, it's kind of weird to see that players can get away with something, that the league gets away with paying these players like that, where there's other deserving players who maybe deserve more than the cap. And especially if well, players you, like Donovan are getting a million. Well, you know what, though, Sean? It, it's not always a case of uh, what you deserve, it's what you negotiate. Uh, so, and obviously, their uh, agents and the, the PR firms that control you know, their salaries are able to manipulate the market to a point where uh, you know they're uh, they're having the opportunity to make more money. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them making more money, but if they have a league rule that says your top salary is 300 grand, and then you have guys exceeding that, then it's not really a, a, a fair you know salary cap. Well, it, it it's like it, the Yankees, exactly. And you see a team like New England, who every one of their players is under that, and they're still doing very well. So I, I don't see why it's necessary. I'm personally not a huge fan of Landon Donovan. I think uh, in MLS he seems to play as well as he can just to get by and doesn't give 100%. I think he gives more like 50% in most of his games. And I don't think a guy like him is deserving of a million a year. I think a guy like Dempsey, who's been the league MVP thus far this season. And on your show. Would be, and on the show, would be more deserving of, of a salary like that when he always puts 100% no matter who he's playing for not like Donovan who will only put 100% if he's playing in a, a big international match or something like that alright and talking about big international events and, and superstars uh, David Beckham is he heading over uh, to Chicago to the US to play in a, in a game coming up uh, in the next week or so well that's unclear originally it sounded like he wouldn't be because uh, Real Madrid had a match but he was suspended for that and now there, there's rumors saying he might be and uh, that would be a big boost to England's squad, which really isn't their best squad coming over. But that being said, the U.S. doesn't have their best squad either. Guys like DeMarcus Beasley playing for PSV, who's arguably been the best U.S. player recently, won't be there. And Eddie Lewis, who would be probably his backup, is going to be with Preston in their promotion battle to make it to the English Premier League, and he won't be there either. So you're not seeing the best two squads go against each other. So it if Beckham came, it would definitely be an advantage to England, but it's not clear whether it'll be coming or not. Now, what, does it do anything for uh, fans in the United States? Do you think they'll line up to see Beckham? Well, last thing I heard, they had already sold about 40,000 tickets to the game, and uh, I can see whether he comes or not being a seller, but certainly if he comes, it'll be a lot more people watching, I would think. All right, well, very cool. Well, listen, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, more Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue. you listen listening to AM 1320 WRL. We'll be back in just a moment. Us in England, a Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, King Ed Rock, John Lennon, and George Harrison. Hold it now. Can't get enough of WARL? Of course not. Well, log on to our new website at www.1320thedrive.com. Learn more about our hosts. We feature articles from the Wild Bunch and Brett Franklin. And we're always broadcasting live on the Internet with our crystal clear live streaming audio, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So log on to www.1320thedrive.com, powered by Media Perspectives. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining us now is New England Revolution forward, Pat Noonan. Pat, can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, thanks a lot for joining us today. Right, thanks for having me, guys. So what's it like playing for a Revs team that's been so successful so far this year? Uh, well, it's been uh, a, great, a great season thus far. Uh, you know, we're out there having a lot of fun, obviously winning games and, uh, you know, enjoying playing with each other. Uh, We've got a, a great group of guys out there, and, uh, you know, we're really gelling on the field, and it's showing. 
So you had another assist to add to your stat total against the Metro Stars. Is there anything that can explain your great success you've had so far against the Metro Stars? I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe just, uh, you know, the way the ball's bouncing against them. I've had some, uh, some I think, uh, friendly uh, mistakes from them that have, you know, got me a few goals. But other than that, I, I really can't explain it. You know, they're a good team, and uh, it was a, a fun game to, to play in on Saturday, and I was able to, you know, get the assist. But it was a great finish by Taylor, so a lot of credit to him. Were you excited about being the co-scoring champion last year? Yeah, that was obviously... Uh, you know, an honor, a great feeling. Uh, it was a low total, uh, point total for a season, but you know what? I'll take it anyway. I can get it, and uh, you know, as long as uh, you know, I think I'm helping contribute with the revolution. Uh, you know, that stuff comes uh, secondary. And on with, on the line with us is Pat Noonan. Pat, this is Scott McPherson here. Uh, hey, thanks for being part of the show tonight. The uh, uh-huh. hey, talk a little bit about the team's chemistry this season uh, as uh, compared to maybe past seasons. You know, what do you attribute? All the success to you know early this year. Well, I think we're uh, we're confident out there. Everybody trusts in each other, and uh, you know all eleven guys, no matter who it is on the field, we have faith that we're going to go out there, and uh, you know the person next to you is going to get the job done, and uh, and uh, you know do what we can to get the three points game in and game out. Uh, and I think you know guys are are happy with each other out on the field, the way each you know everybody's playing, everybody's holding each other responsible, and uh, I think that's been uh, you know a good good reason for our success thus far. What do you see as the differences in this team over the Revs team in years past, considering the roster is pretty much the same, other than maybe a few key additions like Michael Parkhurst, but other than that, right. the roster is pretty pretty much the same over the past few years. Well, I give a lot of credit to our defense. Uh, you know, start with Matt Reese. Uh, they've uh, you know been shutting teams out. They've given uh, us chances to win games just by uh, you know keeping teams off the board. And you know, defense is going to win games. And as long as we're shutting teams out. We know we're going to get our scoring chances with uh, with all the firepower we have going forward. So I think a lot of credit to the defense because uh, I think in years past we were giving up uh, you know goals late in the half or late in the game, letting teams back into it. And you know this year we haven't been doing that, and the defense has been very strong for us. And speaking of the defense, the Reds have had some great success with the Super Draft in past years with with you and uh, Twelman and Dempsey. Do you, do you see right. Parker's continuing that tradition? Without a doubt, you know, he's stepped right in and done a great job, uh, you know, at the center back position. Uh, he's, uh, you know, confident, and uh, I think his positioning on the field is, uh, has been great, and that's, I think, you know, um, a big reason for our success in keeping teams off the board. You know, he's got confidence out there of, uh, you know, like he's been in the year for, uh, or been in the league for years now. So uh, um, he's been a great addition, and I think, uh, you know, as long as he's playing the way he is, we'll be, uh, we'll be successful. Now, Pat, with all the success that New England teams have been having, obviously with the Patriots, uh, you know, part of the organization uh, or part of the franchise with the Crafts, you know, being right in, in the same facility, and right. the uh, and the and the Red Sox obviously winning the World Title this past year, you know, it's got to feel awfully good to be the, the the best team in your league right now. And right. Uh, what would it mean to you guys to obviously win to get to get a, a title also? Well, that's obviously our goal. Uh, we we have uh, you know the confidence to get there and get the job done, and you know the, there's that's the the goal you set. You know from the beginning of the year, you don't expect anything less. And uh, with this team especially, we expect to be there this year and and win it all. So uh, you know it's it's obviously the the Boston uh, city is uh, you know enjoying some good uh, a, a good year of sports, and you know obviously the Patriots and the Red Sox, you know with their titles, uh, have had tremendous years, and you know we're just trying to do what we can to. to you know, make the revolution successful and, uh, you know, uh, get a, you know, a nice little run going where we can, uh, you know, get the top of the table and, uh, you know, get to the MLS Cup. And does it make your job easier playing with high-scoring forwards and like Twelman and Dempsey in the midfield, who's, both of them are at the top of the scoring charts? Does it make it, does it, make it easier having them drawing away defenders' attention on, on you to score goals? Without a doubt. You know, when you have that many uh, options, you know, going forward, Defenses, you know, can't key in on one, you know, one player. They got to worry about us all. So, it's, you know, it's, it's without a doubt a big, uh, a big help. And uh, um, with those guys, you know, especially, uh, you know, Clint this year coming in and and getting uh, all these goals and points this year. Now Taylor's, you know, stepped it up again um, as he always does. So uh, we have a lot of options, and uh, you know, it's not just the three of us. There's everybody's contributing, and you know. As a team, when you're doing that, it's tough for uh, you know the opponent to uh, be able to shut it, uh, shut you know shut this team down. Now, the past couple of seasons, Pat, you guys uh, you, did, you guys didn't get out to a great start, but obviously were, were very strong finishers and and did very well in the playoffs. 
I mean, do you attribute your off-season conditioning? Is there something different that the guys might have done in the off-season uh, that's kind of lended itself to the, the early success and, and your your speed out of the gate? Um, you know what? I, I can't really pinpoint why uh, this year's been so different from the, the years past. I think uh, um, years past, yeah, obviously, we had slow starts, and but at the same time, I think we were playing well and. In a lot of those games, we just weren't finishing our chances, and we were giving away, uh, you know, careless goals. And uh, this year, I think we're just a lot sharper. Uh, and you know, once you win a couple games in a row, and you get that confidence, uh, then you, you, the ball seems to bounce your way, and you know, you, you have confidence that you know you're going to be the better team that day, and you're going to be the better individual on you know each play. So uh, I think uh, you know this year, I, I don't know what it is, but we're uh, we're confident out there, and uh, um, we're finding ways to win games. And do you think training with the U.S. national team in the offseason uh, helped, you know, a lot of the players like Twelman, Dempsey, Ralston, and you uh, train with the national team, do you think that right. helped get in good shape for the season? No question. Uh, that was a good good offseason for us. You know, it wasn't really an offseason. It was training at an you know, even higher level. So when you come back with the revs, you know, you're expected. And we are, you know, game fitness, and uh, we should go out there and, and be able to take what we've, you know, learned with the national team and, and, and that level of, competition and, and, you know, bring it to the reps and, and step up our game and, and help set this team up to another level. And how was your experience training with Chelsea as a number one team in the world at the moment? That was a great experience. Uh, it was fun to be over there for two weeks. It was my first international experience. Um, and, you know, I got to train with the first team, you know, only two days, but those two days were well worth it because uh, I was able to step in and, you know, I, I felt confident in, in the way I played. I was happy with the way I played and, you know, although they are the number one team in the world, I think, uh, you know, I held my own over there. And, you know, it shows that, you know, American players are, are stepping up our game and, uh, you know, we can compete over there at that level. And uh, the, the Revs were ranked 20th best team in the world at the moment by uh, Fox Soccer Channel. Do you think that's an accurate ranking or do you think that's a little high? Uh, or do you honest, think it's uh, a little we're, low? We're a very good team and we'll, uh, we'll take uh, whatever credit we can get. But uh, we know we're capable of on the field and... Uh, you know, game in and game out, we go and we're ready to to go out and compete and get the job done. But uh, you know, whatever people want to rank us, you know, whether it's a hundred or you know twentieth, uh, we know we're capable of going out there. You know, each game and and uh, you know, it's obviously an honor to I guess to be considered you know that high up there. Well, and you know, it comes back to a respect factor thing that uh, you know your team is finally starting to get the respect that they deserve, uh, not just in North America but in the international soccer community that uh, you guys are for real and that, uh, you know, break up these components and uh, put them on teams in Europe and, and they'd all be, you know, significant players to each one of the teams right. at this point. Definitely. I think, I mean, we you take this New England team and we could we could definitely compete with, uh, you know, clubs at the uh, uh, overseas and at the international level because uh, you look at it, we got a lot of guys that have had, you know, experience with the national team and, uh, you know, and, and it shows out on the field with the success we've had thus far. And does that... Where you, when you entered the league in uh, 2003, uh, obviously the hometown team for you would have been Kansas City. Were you kind of hoping to be drafted by them when you entered the draft? Uh, to be honest, I, would have, I think Chicago was uh, where I was hoping to go. But uh, you know, just being close to home, uh, you know, the city, great city, uh, you know, friends and family around, you know, in that area. So, but to be honest, I was, I was, uh, I was going to be happy wherever I went. Uh, it was just, you know, an honor to be a part of the draft and. Uh, and New England was actually a surprise pick by me, uh, for me, but uh, uh, it, t- it turned out great, and I couldn't ask for a better situation. Were you excited to be partnered up front with a guy like Twelman, who you grew up playing with, and and you and who's been so successful in the league his first year? Uh, no question. You know, we grew up together, and uh, to be reunited, you know, at the professional level is is something that's uh, you know pretty special, pretty cool uh, story. You know, growing up and playing with you know, in each other's backyards, and then next thing you know playing up top together, start up top on a, uh, a New England team that's, you know, been very successful and helping to contribute to that success. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and how was your experience in college at uh, Indiana University? Excuse me? What was that again? How was your experience in college at Indiana University? Uh, that was a great experience. Uh, I, I, that was probably, you know, one of my best decisions, uh, you know, soccer-wise, was going there. I played, you know, with one of the, the best college coaches, you know, in the country with Coach Egley, and we had a a great, you know, a group of guys, you know, year in and year out my four years, and uh, I think that's what helped me to, to step into MLS and, uh, you know, be able to contribute so quickly. And next week the Revs are going to be missing 
Dempsey and Ralston to national team duty going against England in Chicago. Uh, right. what, what do the Reds need to do to avoid a letdown while they're missing two key players like that? Well, it's obviously you know gonna gonna hurt losing those two uh, key players to the lineup, but uh, <clears throat> I think we have guys obviously that can step in and get the job done. You know, with uh, Clint leaving in the, in the midfield, we'll be able to you know put Pepe back into the mix, and obviously he'll he hasn't lost form and. And then out wide right, you know, hopefully James Riley will be healthy. And if not, we'll uh, we'll uh, mix the lineup up and then find a, a 11 that's going to work and that's going to go out and give us the uh, the effort we need to get three points. So, uh, you know, although they're, you know, we're going to miss them, uh, you know, greatly in the game, we got guys who can step in and, and, and fill their shoes and do the job. And is it kind of good to be playing a team like Colorado, no knocking them, but who aren't doing so well this far as season and who are also going to be missing Pablo Masteroni due to injury? Is it kind of good to have playing them while you're missing those players? Uh, there's no good team uh, to play, to be honest with you. Any, any team in the MLS can uh, can beat any team on any given day. Uh, Colorado's going to come in, be ready to, for, a, for a fight, and uh, we're going to do what we can to uh, you know, get three points at home. We're expecting to come out and, and, and play the way we've been playing and take it to them and uh, put pressure on them and, and find a way to get three points. And uh, the, the, well, with the team this year, what do you think... Uh, the team needs to do to continue up their good form and not and not and keep this streak going, the unbeaten streak of eight games. Just play the way we've been playing, and, and we need to finish our chances like we have been. Anytime you know we score two goals in a game, uh, like I said, our defense has been uh, uh, you know very strong thus far. And uh, as long as they stay strong in the back, uh, which they have, and which we have the confidence that they're going to do, uh, we know we're going to get our our chances uh, going forward, and, and uh, we're going to you know eventually score a goal. So. Uh, as long as I think that's you know we're playing well as a group out there and everybody's defending as a group, then uh, you know we'll be able to continue the streak. Is this the team that's going to get the Revs MLS Cup? <laughs> we sure we sure hope so and expect it. And what do you like to do in your spare time? Spare time, I'm uh, I'm taking I'm sleeping I'm sleeping I'm uh, playing <laughs> cards. Uh, head out into the the city, you know, grab a bite to eat, head out uh, and explore the nightlife. Uh, you know, here and there, so, uh, but we play a lot of cards, a lot of cards going on. And were you at the Meet the Revs tonight? We were. We just got, uh, we were driving back right now. And how, how was that? It was fun. You know, a lot of, a lot of good supporters. We had our, uh, our most faithful supporters there who were with us game in and game out, rain or shine, and, uh, uh, it was good to see all them and, uh, you know, chat with them, so it was a, it was a, a fun event tonight. <clears throat> well, thanks a lot for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. That was uh, Pat Noonan, Revolution Ford, uh, has four goals so far this season. And we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. Back to Revolution Recap. John Donahue, Scott McPherson, and, and on the line with us is Frank Delapa from the Boston Globe. Frank, can you hear us? Hi, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Yeah, good. Good to be with you. And uh, how long have you been covering the Revs for? Well, since day one, basically. So, <laughs> you know, so a lot of a lot of games. So, is, is this by far the most exciting and best team you've seen the Revs put out? Yeah, it's the best team they've had. I, I think by far. I think there, there was a couple of times in the past where they. They could have had, you know, a team like this. They had the talent for it, but only a couple of times, and it never, uh, as you know, worked out uh, to anything uh, close to this. So yeah, this is this is by far, you know, the best team uh, that they've had, and and uh, I, I think it's just the best soccer that they've ever played. And uh, you know, that's uh, easier said than done, apparently. But uh, it's just a playing, you know, it's a, it's a good good style of play. It's a good passing game, and. Uh, so I think that's really uh, the key to their success, you know, that they actually understand the game and know how to play it now. 
Frank Scott McPherson here. Uh, hey, we uh, just had we just had Pat Noonan on with us, and we we had him uh, talk a little bit about the team chemistry uh, of this current squad uh, as opposed to ones in previous seasons. And uh, Jim, he obviously felt he, like anyone does when your team's successful that the chemistry this year is better than it was before. As a guy who's been an observer watching them, uh, would you say that is the case? And uh, you know, who are the key components of the ke- of the chemistry? I think yeah, it's sort of like uh, addition by subtraction on that uh, in the sense that. Uh, there, you know, there, there's always been a few guys. I mean, there's a fine line between, you know, having a strong personality and, uh, you know, and, and being able to, uh, you know, be a passionate, emotional player. And, uh, you know, and I think they, they uh, have now got a, a team that's sort of more under control uh, and, and sort of thinks the same way, you know, so they, they're not going to have too many crazy things happen, you know, within the, you know, in the locker room, you know, in practice among each other so the chemistry is a lot better just because I think they understand each other and that there's not too many guys that are you know too far you know over the edge I mean they'll push it a little bit but uh, nobody's you know um, you know I think they all, they all buy into just being being there for one thing and that's uh, you know to be teammates and play the game so do you think losing a guy like Rusty Paris who's obviously a good player for the team but was often injured and had a few uh, run-ins with a couple of his teammates. Do you think that might have helped with the team chemistry a little bit? Hey, Sean, sort of. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, Rusty could have been handled a little bit differently. I think he was a good player when he first came here. You know, he was uh, a spirited guy. He was young, you know, very good mark, marking uh, defender, you know, agile and uh, athletic. And uh, I just think he, he didn't get enough guidance. And uh, I, I think he was coming around. I really, I really think he really improved in the last two years. In, in every way, and I think he'd be a good guy to have around now. But I just think that the past, you know, weighs weighs a lot on on uh, a guy like that, and uh, so it's probably better for him to move on. And I think it probably helped this team, even though uh, there's nobody. You know, I don't think they've had a better man marker than him, you know, in the last several years. And do you see Parker as developing into a a great center back and possibly a future national teamer? I think the problem with with Michael is only that uh, you know the style they're playing here is a three-man, you know, defense and that national team, I think, will always play with four. Uh, I think they're always looking for, some, you know, some size back there. But I think he's the real thing. You know, he's only played eight games, so he's still got uh, some questions, you know, to answer. But, but I think he's definitely the real thing. I think he's, in my opinion, a lot better than a lot of guys that are, that are starters in the league and have been for a while. So he's, he's really... Good. The only thing, you know, there's a couple of things working against him, but uh, I think he'll have a good, uh, successful career here, and he could end up in Europe at some point. And do you see next year with the team having such players that are doing so well, like Dempsey and Twelman and Noonan, uh, possibly have the team having a hard time keeping together the, the same team for the next few years with players like that possibly in demand in Europe in the, over in the off season? Yeah, I think it'll be a problem, but I don't think until after uh, the 2006 season because I think those guys. We'll all stick around, you know, and try to get into the World Cup in Germany next year. And then that's the stage, you know, that's the platform for Europe. And, uh, you know, if you're just on the team and the team does well, you know, the spotlight of the world will be on you. Everybody will see those guys. And, you know, if they're ready to go, that'll be the time. So I think the, the team should stay together for at least, you know, this season and next, next year. Then, then there could be some real breakups. And with guys like, like Dempsey and uh, Twelman, Noonan and Ross and the, the Revs are... Could, could be missing a, a lot of players, especially during the Gold Cup, and right now they're going to be missing Dempsey and, and Ralston to the national team versus England and possibly to the two World Cup qualifiers following that. Do you think the team's going to have a hard time uh, keep, keeping up their, their good form, or do you think this year the team has a lot better depth than they've had in years past and possibly handle it better? Yeah, I think they'll be able to handle it a lot better. I really don't see a big problem with that. I think uh, you know they could lose a game or two in there that they might have won with those guys, but it's not going to be a big slump or a huge, huge drop-off. Uh, this guy, like uh, Connor Smith, played uh, last night against the Metro Stars. That guy's, a, you know, you don't lose much with him. I mean, he's a really a good player. Uh, that last cross he put in for Twelman was, you know, that was like a that that was as good a play as you could make because from where he put it in. You know, it was it was an incredible. So that guy's going to be good. Uh, and I think Connolly Adosian is another guy that you know who has a, he has a lot of talent uh, up there. So those are the kind of guys you'll see out there. And I don't think they'll lose that much. To tell you the truth, I mean they'll, they'll lose something in continuity and uh, chemistry maybe, but you know I don't think they're going to fall off that much. And then talking about Connolly Smith, who had a great game last night, putting some very dangerous crosses. 
Um, at the left mid spot, he's kind of fighting for a position with both Marshall Leonard and Cassio when he's healthy. Do you think he might come out on top of that with the way he's been playing? Yeah, the way he's been playing. I mean, that, that, that cross, I, I don't know too many people in this country that could pull that off. That was an incredible play, you know, to, to throw him and put it away. But uh, yeah, He had a couple of more that, dangerous crosses as well. A couple, of, yeah. It, he doesn't, it's not hard for him, you know what I mean? It's, uh, he looks like he could do that all day if he had to, you know, so... Uh, yeah, this, he's definitely going to be out of the field. I, I, I think they brought him in as a center forward, but, you know, he looks good on that side, too, so yeah. another option. Yeah. yeah, when they brought him in, they were listing him as a center forward, and I wasn't expecting him to be playing left wing, but it, it's good to have versatile players like that, and the Revs this year have a lot of versatile players, such as Dempsey who can play forward in midfield, him who can play forward in midfield, Adosian can play forward in midfield, and, and uh, especially with all these call-ups, it, I think it's a great thing for the team to have versatile players like that. Yeah, it also kind of makes you wonder because, you know, we all, uh, you know, you watch the game or you watch, you know, whatever sport you watch. And, and uh, this guy was going to school at Maine Central Institute, Institute for three years and, you know, playing soccer up there. And probably, you know, nobody around him was really aware of him. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that could, could be a decent player in Europe, if not a, you know, a pretty good one. He's had a little bit of tryouts over there with England, in England. But, uh, you know, he could probably end up with a uh, first or second division team over there. All right, and, uh, if you're just tuning in, we have Frank Galapa from the Globe, Boston Globe, uh, and Boston.com. I'll tell you, they have all of your different stories that you've had over the course of the season with this team, Frank, on the Boston.com. Uh, it's a great website for people, you know, wanting to get a little bit more information on what you're writing about this team. You know, we asked Pat Noonan, uh, what was different about the start of this year than any other season? Obviously, they've been kind of slow starters in the previous two years. I mean, what would, what's your take on why this team has got out of the gate so quickly? Yeah, that's good. I guess it's a good question. I think uh, you can't really uh, say that it was any one huge thing, but I think a lot of it is a continuation from last year. They played well at the end of the year. Of course, they've done that before. Uh, but then they, they were able to continue it into this year. One of the reasons was, I, I think, uh, because a lot of those guys, four guys were brought into the national team camp in January, I think, uh, in February. So even though they weren't with the revolution, they, they were getting such high-level training there you know, you know, you send anybody that, to that camp, and they're, they're going to get a lot better. And those guys did. But uh, the other guys, which I, I covered the team in the preseason, I was, uh, you know, one of the few people that actually watched them play in Ecuador and these places, and they were good. I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but they just, you know, something snapped, and, and the team was good without the four national team guys. And Parkhurst is certainly part of that. Uh, you know, and Riley was a new guy too. But they just there was some chemistry there, and it just was it looked pretty good. So uh, then you had the national team guys in who came in just basically, you know, got off the plane and played in the first game, and that showed in the first half of the first game. But ever since then, you know, they've just been, uh, yeah, it's just just accelerated to another level. And, and uh, yeah, go ahead. And with the team on the preseason not going as well as they would have liked to with the Ecuador, um, many of the games being canceled, uh, do, you think, do you think the players like Dorman, who was training over in England for a period, and... Uh, Dempsey, who trained with Feyenoord, and Noonan, who trained with um, Chelsea, as well as as well as the training with the national team. Do you think that that kind of made up for the fact that the the Reds preseason actually didn't go as well as they had hoped for? Well, I think you know that it was sort of. I don't I don't think it was a formula for success. You know, with the their preseason, but but actually, you know, they had some good training there because first of all, the weather was great every day. Uh, you know, and the fields were great that they played on most of the time. It was really great. So. Uh, they got some good work in down there, and I think in Bermuda they got pretty good work. But so, and, and also the uh, you know the hardships and the adversity that you face when you go to a place like that. They've made some tough teams once they finally got a couple games in, and uh, that's where I saw Parkhurst you know being able to survive and Riley a little bit too. But those guys you know playing really top level, really physical professionals down there in tough tough situations, uh, they were able to uh, hold their own and, and then some. So. You know, uh, sort of a mixed mixed bag on uh, going to Ecuador and some of the, you know, South America and the third world. But, uh, you know, overall, I think they did benefit by that. Now, Frank, we are, Sean and I were talking a little bit before you got on with us. Uh, who gets the credit for being the architect of this team? Is it Steve Nichol? Is it Thornburg? Is there somebody else behind the scenes pulling the, the strings? I mean, it's a lot like the New England Patriots in the sense that it's a real collective effort. Uh, I mean that you know if you're talking to one person they think it's Pioli. If you're talking to somebody else they think it's Bill Belichick. You know who who gets the final say on this team? Uh, that's a good question because the, you know the hierarchical chart on this 
organization, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it never has uh, in the last few years. So you can't really account for, for it all. But I think you you have to start with uh, uh, Fernando Clavillo, to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, Sunil Gulati brought him in, and uh, he, he started it in this direction. And then, then, then they brought in Steve Nichols. So I think uh, Nichol probably has to get the credit for, you know, getting it, you know, for, for being there every day, hands-on, figuring out what to do and, and spotting some talent and nurturing it. Also, the, the training, you know, as I mentioned, the, the spring training, pre, preseason training, he's really good at that. He doesn't burn guys out. You know, he doesn't lose the team. He's, he's like a player's coach. So they, they kind of, uh, so they're fresh physically. They, you know, they get a lot. They, they kind of optimize everything they do. Okay, then, uh, so I think Sunil has to get some credit for bringing in a couple of guys. I think you have to uh, uh, credit Fernando for bringing in a couple of guys. And John Murphy, who worked with Fernando, uh, you know, really, you know, found some of these guys that they drafted and uh, believed in him, where, uh, you know, these guys might not have known about it. So uh, I guess, like you say, a lot of a lot of people are going to take credit for it. Uh, you can even give Joe Cummings credit if, uh, you know, for, for getting one or two guys in there. And with the team this year, does, does this look like the team that finally has what it takes to get over that edge? I know the last year they made it to the conference final, the year before they made it to the conference final, the year before that they made it to the final and ended up losing. Does, do you think this is finally the team that finally can get over the edge and win it all? Yeah, they, they, should, they should be. I picked them second, and I've never picked them that high, you know. I meant uh, that, that's for regular season record. So, and I just thought the questions were on defense, you know, just uh, some new guys and that, so... Yeah, I mean, now they look better than I thought they'd be, so, and I picked them number two, so, yeah, I don't see why not, but, you know, the problem is, it's a very long season, and, uh, you know, a lot of things can happen, and, you know, you got to peak at the end with the playoff system, they've been pretty good at, at this team, you know, I think Steve Nickel credit for that, uh, for peaking the team into the playoffs and at the end, so, they can do that again, I, I think they should be able to, to win it, but I haven't seen Dallas or, or Los Angeles play much, so, those could be some, some threats. Uh, and, uh, I was impressed with New York, to tell you the truth. I thought they were okay. Well, and uh, so so it's not going to be easy. Well, with Los Angeles, uh, they have had a, a few strange results, like losing to an expansion team, Real Salt Lake. And, and uh, with Dallas, they haven't been playing their best recently either. Uh, coming from behind against Colorado before that, they hadn't been getting the great results. So their only team that's really been consistent in getting good results is the Revs up to this point. Uh, do, you, do you think that's going to continue that way? Yeah, I think they, they should be okay. I just uh, I was looking at the uh, chart that uh, actually I put together where uh, you know the teams that started out you know they've started they got the third best start in the history of the league. Every team that started out you know like this has in, ended up in you know the semifinals or finals, usually winning the, the you know or getting second place. So I, I don't think there's any any way that they won't you know get to you know let's say the semifinal. And uh, they should be able to get to the final. Then at that point, you know, anything can happen. It's like like we were, you were talking about the uh, um, at Los Angeles against Salt Lake. They had an open goal, you know, and Peter Vahinas like tripped over the ball. You know, he, he, the ball was in the net, and he like, you know, so that that cost him the game basically. So anything can happen, you know, once you get to that point. And uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're on the line with uh, Boston Globe writer Frank Galapa. Frank, uh, we had Pat on uh, Pat Noonan on just before you, and one of the things we talked about was respect and the fact that you know obviously the Patriots have won a lot of, lot of titles the last couple of years, the Boston Red Sox obviously. Now, a, as a beat writer for the Revs, I, I've got to believe you get beaten down by you know some of the other guys at the Globe staff. Now that you guys are undefeated and you're there, I mean, how much how much easier is it for you uh, at the Globe with some of the guys that are writing with you that you got the best team in town? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know if they, you know. We don't really look at it too much that way, but I, I know what you mean in the sense. There's, uh, I think the, the bottom line is, you know, how much interest there is in these things, and there's, you know, there's a lot of competition between sports, and uh, sometimes it's manifested in, you know, how people, uh, you know, cover it or how they're interested in it. But uh, you know, it's really competition. And, you know, these are business propositions. Uh, Revolution's always done done well at the gate. Although uh, this this is another weird year where they got the best team they've ever had in the worst attendance, so you know, in the worst weather they've had. So uh, yeah, it's, I think what will happen is it's a, you know there's a bandwagon mentality in sports, especially, and uh, everybody will be jumping on it here pretty soon, especially if the team keeps winning, which I think they will. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see just how it's perceived by uh, 
you know, everybody. I mean, you guys talk about it on the radio, but uh, for the most part, you know, the established mainstream sports are, are really what's on the radio. But, you know, you can't really ignore something that's that's going to be successful. And, uh, you know, if it translates into better attendance, then, then it'll be a different dynamic. Uh, that's just, this is one reason why I've been covering this sport for, you know, the last uh, several years, because just to see what would happen, you know, when this when this does happen. And, and the Revs, one thing they've established this year is a great home field advantage where they haven't allowed any goals and they've won every game at home. you think that's something that's going to help bring out attendance if they keep keeping up with their great play at home? Yeah, I think so. They've just got to overcome, you know, people's habits in the past. You know, I think they, they felt let down by the teams for so many years, so many games, that uh, it's hard to get them back into, come, you know, getting the habit of coming there. But the fans that do come are, are quite uh, passionate, as you know, you know, so they're, they're right there. So I think it really does help. By the way, yeah, and uh, that that'll just continue. I, I see that just continuing to increase in terms, in terms of numbers and uh, quality of uh, fans. And I'm not really sure what other sports you've covered, but do you think it's easier to talk to players like the Revs players as, as people more than the the big high-paid players with the Patriots and the Red Sox and teams like that? Yeah, I think it's just the nature of the sport. You know, I've covered all the sports, and uh, you know, I think it's, that's that's one reason why I've always liked soccer because there's more more accessibility. You know, these guys have all, you know, it's just uh, a more meritocratic or democratic sport or whatever you want to call it. So that translates into, uh, you know, uh, guys that are a little more accessible. I mean, these guys have seen, you know, things that uh, you don't see in other sports because, you know, they've been to Ecuador, they've been to uh, Central America, you know, they've been to places where, you know, it really humbles you, you know. So uh, you don't get that the same kind of attitude. It's not, not that it's impossible, but, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's just different for that reason. And, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've covered, you know, basically all the sports. I covered, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the other sports. And it's just, yeah, it's, that's why I think ice hockey's a little bit like that, too. You know, and uh, especially here with the uh, revolution, you know, in the MLS, the salaries aren't that high. That, that also, you know, that, that changes people, too. When you start making the big money, you know, it, it does change people, so... We're going, to cut, we're going to cut to a quick break in a second here, but uh, before we do, who are some of the players, the young players, that you think Rose fans have to look forward to now and in the future? Well, I think Dempsey, Dempsey will be, Dempsey's going to be, you know, uh, the, the one that really uh, skyrockets out of here. Uh, I think Parker is a really good player, and Riley, too. Um, let's see. Uh, maybe I'm leaving somebody out, but I think those, those are the guys right there that uh, are really, really on, on the rise. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Okay, guys, good talking to you. All right, hey, thanks. That's uh, Frank Frank Lapper from the Boston Globe and uh, Boston.com. Uh, I'll tell you this, Sean, you guys roll out some of the best guests here on the show. Uh, and I think accessibility, uh, you know, in the soccer mentality across the board, whether they be the journalists and or the uh, athletes, uh, these, guys are, uh, these guys are very much in promotion of their sport at this point, and it seems to be something that uh, it's great to see them doing so well because... The accessibility level that you have here on uh, on the show Revolution Recap and in the paper in the Sports Journal, uh, second to none. Well, it's, it's great to to, ha- to get in now where the, where the team where it's not as popular before it gets so big where it will become more like the Patriots and the Red Sox. That's why it's such a great thing and more fans you come out and, and uh, you, it's a great atmosphere and you can visit the, fa- the the players after every game at Autograph Alley. It's, it's a great time to to be a fan of soccer in this country. All right, man. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're taking our last break, and uh, then we have uh, the Angelo Marinacci AM, late AM, which is on every Sunday night, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's actually going to be a tape delay, so anyone who's here performing in weeks that have gone by, make sure to stick around because you can get a chance to hear yourself live on the radio. Anyways, we're done for our last break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Can't get enough of WARO? Of course not. Well, log on to our new website at www.1320thedrive.com. Learn more about our hosts. We feature articles from the Wild Bunch and Brett Franklin. And we're always broadcasting live on the Internet with our crystal clear live streaming audio, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So log on to www.1320thedrive.com, powered by Media Perspectives.
All right, welcome back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue and Scotty McPherson helping out tonight. And the Revs have an upcoming game this weekend against uh, the Colorado Rapids uh, Saturday at 7.30, a home game, so the tickets are still available and can be seen live on WB at 56 at 7.30. And for that game, they're going to be missing a couple players, Clint Dempsey and Steve Rothman, two, two of their stars, who will be with the U.S. men's national team and the big international friendly against England, which is taking place at Soldier Field in Chicago. And for, for the next few games, they could be missing these players as well because then Ju- June 4th, they have the U.S. Men versus Costa Rica World Cup qualifier, which those players will probably get called up for too. And then June 8th, there's another qualifier, U.S. versus Panama, which those players will probably get called up for as well. So the, the Revs are going to have to be tested in their depth. But uh, the team this year with the Reserve League and everything, it has a lot more depth than they've had in years past. And guys like James Riley coming in for Ralston, Riley proved he could hold down a starting spot at the beginning of the year before his injury. And provided some good crosses. And then uh, in the center, you have Jose Cancela, who was the starter at the beginning of the year before getting injured. And then Andy Dorman took over and has played well. And Cancela has been on the bench since then. Uh, has played really well for the reserves as well. And I, I think this team is a team that can handle a few losses like that. And it, sh- it should be a, g- a good game against Colorado. Colorado's also going to be missing Pablo Masteroni due to injury. Um, he was going to be called to the national team anyway, so they would have been missing him. Well, one of, one of the things is, too, Sean, that... Uh, it is going to be a chance for some of these guys who are on the bench to show what they can do. And you have a real idea of the depth of this club that, uh, you know, you are going to have injuries. You are going to have guys that are breaking down at the end of the season. And you'd rather have a chance to see the guys play now and get a win or at least find out what the weaknesses are. So, you know, as the trading deadline closes and all the other things, that you've been able to position your team so they'll be successful at the end of the year. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise to, to get a chance to see them at this point. And the reserve players are, are really proving to have some fight back from the reserve matches because uh, a week ago uh, against D.C., I mean Chicago, yeah, D.C., um, the reserves played, and that was right after the home, after the home game against D.C., and that, that was open to the public. And the reserves uh, got down to a whole 3-1, and there was the 80th minute, and they didn't give up. They came back and actually won the game 4-3. to So uh, it shows that the, the, even the reserves are taking that seriously and are, are, are higher-level players that can step up, hopefully, when the players like Ralston and Dempsey are gone. All right. Well, guess who's got to be gone now? Well, we'll <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, join us again next week. Uh, archives are available at revolutionrecap.com, and the latest Revs news is at anyrevs.com, and next week we'll be joined by Jim Dow from revsnet.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Good job, Sean. Hey, thanks for listening. You're listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence.